Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. Good day. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So uh, real quick before I bring on our guest co-hosts, just want to remind you all that it's now over two and a half years of Rock and Live the Fuel, and the show continues to grow, our downloads continue to grow, but one thing I want to remind you guys is I haven't really asked for a lot of reviews in a while, so if you do appreciate the show or you're a newer listener, please get me your feedback on iTunes, and uh, I actually want to read the reviews more on the show, but I need some fresh ones to help uh, give me some new content, so I'm always always interested in your opinions and hopefully positive feedback. Again, we're here to fuel your health, business, and lifestyle, so I need to know we're doing a good job. All right, that being said, let's dive in. That's why we got another new guest co-host for you, and to help set the stage, this is going to be a more healthier lifestyle balance show, and we're going to be talking to a gentleman who's a chiropractor, functional medicine practitioner, and uh, we're going to clarify that. I've done that on one or two other shows, but a lot of people have no idea how to differentiate a functional medicine practitioner, but I have a feeling this gentleman will, but he attained both doctorate of chiropractic and master's in human nutrition and functional medicine from the University of Western States in Portland, Oregon. I love the Northwest. And uh, this gentleman has suffered from many, that's right, many chronic inflammatory conditions. And this is very common nowadays. And, but he, com- he, he suffered from these when he was a child and then he's basically gotten rid of them all. <laughs> so he's also an author of a couple of books. I'm still trying to get my first one out. Uh, the one is The Health Evolution, Why Understanding Evolution is the Key to Vibrant Health and the Heart, Our Most Medically Misunderstood Organ. So without further ado, our guest host for today, Stephen Hussey, sir. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So last time you and I were like getting our little intro call on, you were just getting done working with patients, I believe, in your car, right? Now, obviously, you don't work on patients in your car. You just <laughs> happen to be in your car <laughs> when we were chatting. Yeah, just walked out of the clinic right in the car. Yep. Yeah. So uh, so let, let's – you and I already joked around a little bit before we fired up the call today, but uh, it's, it's a fun day Friday as you and I are recording this. Or for other people, maybe they prefer Friday fun day. And mm-hmm. uh, love the fact that you understand the value of lifestyle balance because oh, yeah. Mondays and Fridays, I choose to work from my home office. I don't um, like to do the travel thing or anything else. I actually don't allow it. I tell people all the time, like, if you just want to book me to come somewhere on a Friday, it better be my choice to come to your event. Other than that, I'm going to be working from home office. So you actually also choose not to do the traditional jobby job work on a Friday either, right? Correct. Now, how long have you been doing that? Uh, about two years now, I think. Hmm, okay. So, yeah. Now, was that a personal choice? Did you just stumble across that decision? Did it happen to work out that way? Um, I think it's a personal choice. Uh, we work pretty hard uh, Monday through Thursday, uh, putting in probably 12-hour days. Okay. Uh, and it's not that I never go in on Friday, but it, it's, it's uh, you know, patients have my, my phone number if they need me. Uh, but it's a rare thing that I do go in on Friday. I work on other things, you know. Uh, I work on uh, my my passions, my interests, uh, uh, where my where my head takes me, you know. Well, it's like gentlemen like us, for example. Like I do ne- well nowadays. I have some VAs, so I don't have to do as much of the heavy lifting anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because I don't want employees, I'm air quoting for the people on uh, the regular podcast world, the YouTube <laughs> world, to know what I'm doing. But it's. In the beginning, it's like, yeah, am I doing everything on the website myself? Yes. Am I tweaking it? Am I modifying it? Am I trying to figure out how to be a designer? Um, this, such is the life of entrepreneurship, right? Mm-hmm. 
So true. So true. Trying to figure all the things out that I had no idea what I was doing. Is your site built on WordPress? Yeah. Uh, Wix. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right. So, uh, how much tweaking on your site have you done today? Uh, not too much. Mainly today I've been working on like courses I'm trying to prepare to put up on the website. People can purchase the courses and, and learn about things. That's what I've been mainly doing today, but definitely some tweaking, uh, a few blog things uh, and trying to uh, optimize, you know, stuff as I'm learning, you know, I'm updating as I'm learning. Sure. Well, I, I actually, let's pause on that. The value of teaching and education truly, I believe is what we need to be looking at when it comes to leaving a legacy behind, or if you're really trying to build yourself into an influencer, it's very easy to just tote what you know and, and get out there and tell people, but only so many people can you know stumble across your books or maybe see you or hear you speaking at an event. But as people find you, like on a podcast like this, uh, and people do find your books, that might get hooked on what you know, and they want to see if there's more being taught out there. So oh, yeah. I love the fact that you're already getting that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, put my message out there as many different ways as possible. You know, mm -hmm. some people like to sit and watch a course on a computer. Some people want to read a book. Some people want to um, listen to YouTube videos. So I'm just trying to get it out there anyway to meet uh, people, meet people where they are. You know. Yep. Ooh, love that statement. Meet them where they are. There are so many ways we can go off that off of that alone on this show. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you already know how to do that as a doctor. That's one thing that I really appreciate about chiropractic care. So mm -hmm. uh, I want to stop on that on your what you just said. That statement also applies to entrepreneurship and many other domains of life. Uh, but the whole meeting people where they are. I'm going to go ahead and say it. you don't have to. MDs most. I do have friends that are MDs, ladies and gentlemen. So I can't overly generalized, but I will say most MDs do not meet people where they are. <laughs> mm. Or I should say they are not giving themselves enough time to meet people where they are. Uh, I think I, I was just reading another study the other day that and maybe you have some newer data on this too. I believe that now in a traditional, the sad part, this is traditional, uh, here in North America, in the United States of America, a traditional doctor's visit uh, thanks to the incentivization, and that's a word, incentivization, and thanks to the uh, incentivizing from the insurance companies uh, is nine to 10 minutes mm. uh, of a consultation by an MD. Would you agree or disagree? Do you, are, you, are you familiar with that? It's, it's pretty close to that, I'm sure. Yeah. And now what is your average time spent with a patient? I know there's all different types of issues, right? Uh, but- I have a feeling it's probably more than five to 10 minutes. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, if I'm doing like a wellness adjustment, you know, it's probably about five minutes, but if I'm working with people, functional medicine wise, we're talking a lot longer. Okay. Now, well, real quick, let's pause on that. What do you mean by a wellness adjustment? Like the physical adjustment or? Yeah. Like the physical actual adjustment. This is someone that has, you know, been through a corrective based program with, of, of PT and, uh, you know, more intensive care. Uh, and they've you know, graduated, so to speak to their, their wellness care. They're coming in, you know, once a once a week or, or twice a month, something like that. And all I really need is that maintenance adjustment. Uh, that, that appointment's pretty quick. I'm just catching up with them, giving them an adjustment. But when I'm working with uh, patients with chronic conditions uh, through functional medicine, yeah, we're taking a lot longer. I'd say the initial one is uh, an hour, hour and a half. And then um, after that, we do 30, 45 minute follow-ups. Well, it's funny because my chiropractor, she's amazing. Uh, we, what do we average? It's hard to say. There's no way I'm getting out of there in under an hour, even though like that's my my appointment. Mm -hmm. um, she's literally requested. 
I think she enjoys working on me because I'm challenging. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe that's how you guys think. I don't get it. But she's like, okay, we're going to put you, if you can, we always want you to come at 1120. And I'm like, why? She's like, well, you're not going to get out of here until at least 1230 if I'm working on you. And I'm like, okay. And and even her office manager, she at least is like, well, she, I've had to move it a couple of times. She's like, well, that's not going to work to your benefit. I'm like, why? She's like, well, she's only going to work on you for like 30 minutes. Right. And I said, okay, is that a problem? She's like, well, that's why I stick you at 1120. That way you're the last session before she leaves for lunch. Mm-hmm. And she can really give you a lot of time. And that's her request. And I was like, wow, okay. I mean, thank you. And she doesn't charge me yeah. any difference. I think she just really loves the fact that I have some past injuries that continue to manifest and she just loves working on it <laughs> yeah yeah like at our clinic we definitely have those patients where i'm like hey call this person and see if they can come in later because i gotta spend some more time with them or they're gonna need to go and see you know our pt guy for 30 minutes and he's not gonna have time to do that unless they move so we gotta make sure that that person can get in at a time when that can happen okay all right so yeah. this, is, this is a common thing with you guys. This is like, uh, oh yeah, you, you get that that what, there's always a couple of patients where it's like, ooh, I actually like working on them. I'm gonna give them a little bit more love because I almost feel like she's teaching herself new things or something while she's oh, working yeah. on me. <laughs> oh yeah, I probably learned more from the patients than I did in school, just because the different things they come in with, and you gotta you gotta learn new things because those are not the things you learned how to deal with in school. So, well, so have you ever worked on somebody where? And I'm going to go visual for the YouTube watchers. Um, if I'm laying down and the scapular region, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had my right shoulder operated on twice, once in 99 mm-hmm. and again in 07. At open open bank heart reconstruction, it's called with some more orthoscopic. So there's like rotator cuff and then there's what I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I did nine to 10 dislocations in the first year before I finally agreed to get my first surgery. Because mm-hmm. the doctor's like, listen, I know you don't like doctors and you don't like you know, medicine, but he's like, unless you really enjoy dislocating your shoulder all the time, and then half the time having to go back to a hospital to get it put back in, he's like, you might want to let me operate. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's, there's a need for it. Sometimes you got to do it, you know? Yeah. Well, and the issue was, I, I, I mean, you understand the body. So mm-hmm. obviously every time you dislocate, you, you've just, I've just destroyed the front capsule. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's, there's no tissue holding it in. And then every time it would just kept further and further away, like down onto the front peck. So like the, the, the labrum was torn, uh, tendons and ligaments were torn. I mean, they ended up having to install uh, surgical anchors just to mm-hmm. reattach things too, to try mm-hmm. and close the capsule back up and hold the shoulder back into place. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, but now yeah, that's what, 99 and then 07. And then years of mountain bike racing and firefighting mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. Um, I, I would have a masseuse, like, a mas- sorry, that's actually an appropriate term nowadays. I learned, sorry, uh, massage therapist. Apparently mm-hmm. masseuse is the bad side of that. Um, <laughs> I actually had a massage therapist get upset when I called her that by accident. And I'm like, I, I'm sorry, what did I do? And she's like, a masseuse is the uh, happy ending person. I'm a, I'm a licensed professional. And I said, okay, I, I'm sorry. I didn't know there's a difference. <laughs> did you know there's and, a difference? And most people wouldn't, uh, you know? <laughs> Anyway, to close that idea, because I want to hear your feedback, um, when they would work on me, they're like, wow, you know, your, your left side is so much more pliable than mm-hmm. your right. And then when I met this chiropractor, she's like, and I told her this, she's like, okay, flip over. I want to see what they're talking about. And she's like, oh, yeah. So this is what she's been working on for about a year and a half now is like my right from maybe probably me playing the protected wing all these years of always kind of favoring mm-hmm. and protecting that shoulder. Um, mm-hmm. The scapula, it was like hitting a rock. It was just, there was no play. There was no pliability. 
mean, mm-hmm. she's and now I mean, a year and a half later, I mean, she gets all up in that. I mean, she's mm-hmm. she's driving her elbow deep into the tissue. She spends more time actually doing uh, tissue work and oh, yeah. kind of like massage therapy work. Uh, and she's like digging up into the armpit, dude. That's awful, by the way. I'm sure you probably do that too. I'm not a fan. Pretty sensitive area. Yeah, and she's like a cr- clamping down now. Um, cause I told her I have a high pain threshold. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean like when we have an injury, your body learns a new way of functioning to protect or get around that injury. There you go. And then when, when the injury heals or say you had the surgery and things get a little bit more back to normal function, the body doesn't necessarily unlearn that way of functioning. Yeah. It's kind of wired that way uh, because it's been that way for that long. And so that's, you know, a lot of what, you know, I think chiropractic is, is we're, we're retraining the body. Uh, from old injuries or from injuries that, are, that we don't think of like an injury, you know, like being seated forever mm-hmm. uh, and just getting lack of joint motion in our upper spine and our necks are curved the wrong way, all that kind of stuff. Your body learns that as normal. Yeah. You have to retrain it. And that takes time. Uh, and it takes sometimes going into that armpit and, and causing the patient a little pain. <laughs> well, and I, I guess it's not necessarily pain. It's what we can refer to it as discomfort because, yeah. We're forcing the body into a place, like you're saying, it's like hitting a reset switch. It's time to relearn. Mm-hmm. And in this situation, we're talking about, okay, well, dude, it's you've been learned or taught by you know the wrong way while you were injured. And now we have to, as you say, reprogram it. Or I've, I've been using a term, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I've been using remodeling. Is that a good term? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Cause that's what I, yeah. when I, people tell people like, why you go through all this? I'm like, because I'm trying to literally remodel how that area of my body thinks and responds. And yeah. because you know, I'm a CrossFitter and I do Olympic lifting. I'm very big into kettlebell training. And before she started working on me, you know, my, my range of motion on right versus left was clearly different. It's like people mm-hmm. would actually see me hanging from a pull-up bar and you can actually see that my triceps and the, the back muscles are developed differently. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. Totally imbalanced. Like I showed it to because, Kristen, my wife, and she uh, years a year ago, and she's like, "Oh my God, you're right. Oh, you're you're, you're weird. You're like an alien." I'm like, well, <laughs> love you too. <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, it's funny. It's crazy to me how the body works and how it's wired and how you can have that type of imbalance side to side. You know, like your body is is so you know uh, in tune with certain areas of your body that it can train one way different than the other, even though it's pretty much identical, like shoulder side to side. Um, one can operate totally differently. Well, the funny thing is that remodeling, it doesn't happen overnight, does it? <laughs> no, not at all. And, and unfortunately, most people have to go back to doing the things that caused it to be, you know, uh, working properly in the first place, you know, like, and so we're having to deal with that and having to hopefully do enough that breaks that threshold so we retrain them differently when they have to go back and do their job because people got to do their jobs, you know, we've got to make money these days. And so, um, they end up doing the same things over and over again. And then we're just in a constant battle with that. Yeah. Well, so that goes back into that. I mean, that's why people are like, oh, well, aren't you healed enough that you don't have to keep going? I was like, no, I'm religious now. I go no less than mm-hmm. once a month. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's been a goal of mine for years was is to get to the point where, you know, not just, I guess, time management wise, but also financially. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my insurance company does not recognize chiropractic care or massage therapy. And I'm like, those are the two things you should. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. I don't care about your pharmaceuticals. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I heard an interesting thing. Um, you think that the insurance companies would figure out that you know paying for this you know less expensive care now is going to prevent them from having to pay you know for hundred thousand dollar heart surgeries later. But I heard something interesting, and I'm no by no means an insurance guru or anything, but um, the insurance companies can they would 
like if they had 10 people and one of them had to get like a heart surgery, you know, and they have to pay for that hundred thousand dollar heart surgery that allows them to justify paying the other nine or charging the other nine people higher premiums. Yes. It's, they would almost rather pay for those expensive things every now and then so they can keep charging everybody else more money. There is actually a, um, I guess you want to call it a mathematical equation that these companies, mm. I mean, you're dealing at the million billion dollar level of, of, of money management here when it comes to insurance. Mm-hmm. And what people don't realize, like, listen, it's like when you, when you go to a not-for-profit hospital, like both, we have two huge hospital networks here in my area mm-hmm. and they basically compete against each other. One is the St. Luke's university, uh, you know, network. And the other is the Lehigh Valley health network. Uh, and, just like I'm everywhere else in the country, you know, over the past five, 10 years, they've been snatching up small practices because it's been harder and yeah. harder for privatized doctors to afford their insurance. So mm-hmm. people sell and become part of the network, right? Yeah. Um, but the, the equation I heard was not just on care, as you referred to, but it's also coming down to premium. They basically mm-hmm. say, well, we know that even though we're a not-for-profit, this is a little hack in life, I heard about this. If you're mm-hmm. a not-for-profit or institution, a hospital, uh, they technically can't send you to collections hmm. for your bill. I heard this years ago from a nurse. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, uh, two towns over, there's another hospital there called Easton Hospital. That's a private hospital. They're not uh, you know, 501c3, not-for-profit, whatever. Right. So you don't pay them, <laughs> They're going to chase you to the end of time to get that bill oh, yeah. paid for. But back to this, this averages, they expect it. They expect that there's going to be a percentage of the consumer base that can't pay their bills or may never pay the bills. But right. they know that that's fine because they know that other law-abiding people like me mm-hmm. are just going to pay my bills. So right. they know that, you know, and that's why, again, to your point, my premiums go up and I never use my insurance. Like I literally, until the collapse lung in January, I haven't used my insurance in years. Yeah, I just, I just pay it every month. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's insane that we're paying for this thing that we never even use. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's great if we get injured, but it's, it's, it seems like there should be some type of plan that for those people that don't use it that often. Uh, I but, dude, I've been, I've been I preaching this forever. Cause I'm like, guys, like I need somebody, please create, here's your words, a functional medicine, like health plan. I, I'm like, Oh my God, if that happens in my life, I will be so happy because I don't want drug. I don't need a pharmacy plan. Like it's funny because when I went to the hospital for the surgery, they're like, oh, well, so who's your family doctor? And I had to think about it because I mean, I don't have a family (laughs) one and two, like I don't, I I didn't, I don't go to a doctor. So, I mean, an MD anyway. And I had, I'm like, oh, that's right. When I moved back from firefighting years ago, I went to my friend's husband who had his own practice and I had him establish my records there because I'm like, well, I should probably have blood work on file somewhere. Right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And I forgot I had to look him up on my phone and figure out what, remember what his name was. (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) And then there's the component of I'm like, well, okay, so I don't need pharma. I don't need my family doctor. And then they're like, Oh, and who's your pharmacy of choice? I'm like, I don't use drugs. So I don't, I don't go to a pharmacy. I'm like, okay, well then we'll just give you an open script and you can take it wherever you want. I'm like, great. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I mean, it's just this, it's this system that's totally driven on profit, you know? Yeah. And I think that I, I mean, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I would, I would guess that the reason that, um, we have like mandatory healthcare now, 
or um, health insurance now is because consumers were changing the system. Mm -hmm. You know, we weren't, consumers were not getting health insurance because it was too expensive or they weren't using it. That's me. And so, you know, that was, that was throwing a wrench into the whole system, this whole for-profit system that goes between practitioners, insurance companies, pharmaceutical companies. And so they did this thing to protect the whole system, which was make everybody have to get mandatory health insurance. Well, when I was firefighting in 2010 and 11 out West with the federal government, um, you know, as a, as a hotshot, like basically we were guaranteed 100% care if we were injured on a fire. Mm -hmm. So back then that law hadn't come into place. So I didn't have health insurance. Yeah. People thought I was weird. They're like, what if you get injured? I'm like, I, I'm covered. Like, I mean, the only way I'm going to get injured is on a fire. They're like, well, what, right. what if you get injured on your day off? I'm like, okay, I'll run the gamut. Whatever, yeah. dude. Like, I mean, uh, I'll pay out of pocket. You know, people were yeah. afraid to pay out of pocket. That's something else I learned uh, is that there's two different rates on a procedure. Yeah. There's the insurance company rate. And mm -hmm. then there's the cash rate and people mm -hmm. don't know to ask for this. If you're paying mm -hmm. cash private, they'll give you a lower cost on that procedure or that appointment or whatever happened that day. I had no idea. So yeah. And like, is jacked we, up the insurance, we give like, you know, bookkeeping discount, you know, for, if someone pays in full, that obviously decreases the amount of work that we have to do at the front desk. So we can give a bookkeeping discount, but we can't do it. Um, uh, so much that it would compete with say that the insurance prices, you know, we can't, you know, because then they'd come after us because we're in network with them. It's just, it's crazy. Well, it, it's like, so Kristen, my now wife, like she mm -hmm. wants us to get combined insurance now. And I'm like, crap. Like I haven't really, I found the cheapest darn policy I could find years ago. And she doesn't mm -hmm. understand how it's still around. Like I went on back when they launched that, I went on to insurance.com. Uh -huh. And I went around and I found one at the time. It was a hundred bucks a month. <laughs> That's awesome. And she's just like, what are your deductibles? I'm like, I don't know. And I don't care. Cause I don't use it. <laughs> so yeah. I, so I bought it and, and now it, you know, a few years later, it's now up to, I now pay two twenty a month. Same thing. I haven't changed anything. It's just mm -hmm. been sitting on autopilot. And, and <laughs> she's just like, I don't understand how you have this. And I said, Whatever. I wonder if you're like just grandfathered in some old plan. I, I'm literally yeah. just waiting for the day that when they're going to say, we're going to finally close this policy down. I just don't, yeah. I, I just think they're so darn busy. Yeah. Nobody has time to shut that policy down. Right. And, but she pays $600 a month. Mm -hmm. So, but she's a, she's a private small business. Uh, there's one, two, three, four women in their practice. So mm -hmm. they all had, and they're all ladies. So you got like the whole, I don't know, whatever. I, I truly feel that ladies pay more for insurance because of the motherhood thing and the creating mm -hmm. life and the your your uh, breast cancer risks and all this stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, that's why I'm like, I don't want to merge insurance because you're going to cost me more money. <laughs> yeah, probably will. <laughs> but the whole point, anyway, so she was like, well, I get chiropractic care. I'm like, yeah, but you're paying $600 a month for that. Yeah. I walk in, I pay 50 bucks cash. So I was like, so if I go once a month, I'm currently paying 220 for medical insurance that I don't use. I did obviously finally need it for the collapsed lung injury. But other than that, you know, mm -hmm. I had it there for the worst case scenario. So, so technically I'm paying 270 a month for a once a month Cairo. Even if I added a second Cairo win, now I'm up to 320, still cheaper mm -hmm. than her insurance. So it's like, mm -hmm. why? I was like, do you go more than twice a month for Cairo? She's like, no, I'm lucky if I remember to go once. I was like, but you're bragging that you get free Cairo. So yeah. I was like, and you're paying and there's still a deductible. 
So it's like mm-hmm. this racket. If you you have to literally read through these details. Oh yeah, and and the frustrating thing for me is that most of the time their insurance will cover you know so many visits of Cairo, and they're like, oh, I only want to use that though, and I'm like, well, I'm telling you that based on your case, you need more. Right. Uh, and they say, and I say, well, this is the you know this is what it's going to cost after that after it runs out, and they say, well, I don't want to, and I'm just like frustrated See, because that's frustrating. Insurance companies are dictating care at that point. Yeah. Well, and admittedly, uh, when I when I had my policy, they read it wrong and they thought. They corrected me, and they actually thought that I did have it. Mm-hmm. So they just started submitting my stuff, and I wasn't paying. And then mm-hmm. after like two months, um, this is back when she really started digging into me. Like I was going every week for like two, yeah. three months, and then all of a sudden, like, hey, we messed up. So now you owe us like, you know, all this money. And mm-hmm. I was, it was like it was probably close to a grand. Yeah, no, I was like, surprise. I was like, uh, no, that is your fault. I told you when I walked in that I didn't have Cairo. You told me you said I did, and I said I didn't. And then mm-hmm. I was supposed to trust you that you were going to get it approved. So yeah. they ended up working with me. That's why I'm still going there. And, and they gave me a nice. huge discount and, you know, gave me some customer service. That's good. Yeah, that's it. And that's again, if you try to do that in an MD office. Oh yeah. Good luck. No way. Yeah. So let, let, let's dig deeper into the functional medicine piece here, because I did, oh. I did say in the intro that I want to help clarify this because if we have newer listeners, they might not have listened to one of the past episodes. Mm-hmm. Help people understand what, why I love FM and why you love FM, right? Yeah, why yeah. did you study functional medicine? Well, I'll take it all the way back then to like, you know, my personal experience. So yeah. like, as you mentioned in my intro, you know, I suffered with a lot of chronic inflammatory conditions uh, when I was younger, uh, starting, you know, at age two, uh, all the way up into, I don't know, 16, 18, when I really started to actually start to heal myself. Uh, but everything from irritable bowel syndrome to allergies to asthma to I used to break out in like huge hives all over my body. Um, yeah. And eventually got diagnosed with type one diabetes, autoimmune condition. Um, so, yeah, so that kind of threw me into Western medicine. That's what, you know, me and my family relied on. And, you know, eventually I got to the point where I, I realized that it wasn't working. They were helping me manage all these things, but they weren't telling me why I had them. Um, and they weren't telling me how to potentially make them better or get rid of them because uh, they thought that, that was impossible. Uh, and so when I really got into health in college, I uh, decided to go get some kind of medical professional degree. Um, and so I decided on chiropractic because my parents had taken me to chiropractors since I was a kid. Um, but kudos even, to your parents. So yeah, my, yeah, par- my uh, parents actually taught me about chiropractic. So yeah, my dad actually, uh, I believe on his street, there was a chiropractor when he was growing up. And all his, you know, seven brothers and sisters went to him. Uh, so he took, he took his kids to chiropractors too. Um, but I would say that even in chiropractic school or even looking at how medicine is taught, it's, it didn't give me the answers I was looking for. You know, I, I was in there learning about how to identify symptoms or markers on blood work or orthopedic test or whatever like that and diagnose somebody with something. And Which is just like traditional MD medicine. Exactly. They're yeah. Looking, they're and so identif- they, they're great at identifying a problem, but they don't find oh yeah. the root cause. Yeah. They don't find the root cause and they don't necessarily have effective ways of, of getting rid of that root cause. Um, they just kind of treat the symptoms. And so I would argue that uh, chiropractic is, can kind of be the same way. Um, you know, we can look at someone and say, oh, you have back pain and find all these positive findings and, you know, inflammatory markers and things like that. And say, that's, you know, this is, this is why you have pain, but no one's asking, you know, how that pain developed, why it's there, hmm. you know, what's, what's going on. And so, um, 
that's why I went to go get my uh, functional medicine uh, master's right after chiropractic school. Uh, and I like functional medicine because I think that it's, it's definitely looking for the why. It's looking for why someone may have an imbalance in their body, uh, but it's also more effective at uh, getting to the root cause of that and really um, uh, creating balance where that imbalance was. Uh, Ooh, so I, like really, I like that. Balance. Yeah. Balance so it's really about was. removing the things that were creating the imbalance and letting the body do its own thing. Now, I feel that even that, and this is just me in my, my head, always wanted to know more and more and more, but even more than that, I looked for, you know, you know, functional medicine is more effective at this. Why is it more effective? Like, why are these diseases happening at the epidemic that we're seeing them in society? Uh, and, and not just having this awesome, more effective way of treating it like functional medicine, but you know, why is it there and what can we do to prevent them from even happening? So functional medicine doesn't need to be there. And so that's what got me really into like evolution, which is why I wrote this book, The Health Evolution, uh, to really get into uh, the mismatch between our evolved physiology and our current way of life. And to me, that finally gave me the answers as to why I was sick as a child. And so then I was like, okay, now I can be at peace a little bit. Uh, I know why it happened. Uh, and I, and I, cause I think knowledge is power. So just knowing why. Want to really clarify, this was thanks to your self-study or are you finally entering into the functional medicine education? Uh, this was self-study after functional medicine education, oh, uh, okay. really diving into evolution and figuring out what that was. Cause there was a lot of preconceived things. I thought I knew about evolution, uh, but I turned out to be wrong once I got in there and really figured out what was going on. But I think that having that background in functional medicine really helped me apply evolution to medicine. Um, and that's, that's my favorite thing to do now. I like looking at evolution, ecology, the natural world and applying that to medicine. So with that, I mean, so clearly you're an, you're a, an evolving geek about <laughs> evolution. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, true. A little fun spin there. I mean, I mean, you've already dropped some powerful bombs already. Like we got chronic disease, chronic mm -hmm. illness, uh, the, the emphasis on chronic, unfortunately, has been established thanks to society. It, it, this is valid. Uh, mm -hmm. I've written articles about uh, health and wellness-related issues regarding this for a local magazine here, too, over the past year and a half. And, and I don't have your background. This is just my lifestyle knowledge. And I make sure people understand, like, listen, if you need a couple letters after my name, sorry. Uh, mm -hmm. But all I'm asking you to do is at least question, you know, why? Mm -hmm. And, and, and take uh, a good colleague of mine, a friend of mine, uh, actually also a chiropractor. Uh, he, he said, listen, become your own inner physician, take responsibility for your health. Stop just blindly, exp you know, blaming the doctors and assuming that it's all their fault. Um, mm -hmm. now granted, I, do I have frustrations with the medical industry? I think that came up already a couple of times on the show. Uh, but, but I still take the responsibility to be a more informed consumer. Mm -hmm. Does this come up often in your consultations with your customers at all? Or sorry, patients? Yes. I, and I've, I've, I like to think that I've developed a initial consult that, and this sounds kind of bad, but kind of weeds out the people that aren't ready to, to make the changes necessary because lots of people come to me expecting something that I can give them or they can take or I can do to them and that will cure them and they can go back to living their life the exact same way. Can you give me and, an example? Um, like something basic uh, and common that I'm sure a lot of people hearing this would be like, yeah, dude, I, I know a few people who complain about that all the time. <laughs> yeah. So like, let's, let's take an example, like, uh, someone with arthritis. Okay. okay. There we go. Ooh, I love yeah. this subject. Yes. Yeah. So someone comes to me with arthritis and 
I can adjust them and I can, um, you know, put anti-inflammatory modalities on it. Like, um, um, like, I mean, you could try stem or you could try like uh, cold laser uh, or things like that, ultrasound, things like that. And I've used them all. <laughs> yeah. And, and that can help reduce the pain they may have with, um, with that arthritis. But if they keep going and eating, say, let's say lectins in nightshade vegetables that are flaring up their arthritis, it's never going to go away. An example and of nightshade is like a green bell pepper. Green right. bell pepper, potatoes, tomatoes, eggplants, things yeah. like that. Very associated in, in research with arthritis. Mm -hmm. And so that could be the thing that's triggering it. Or it could be, it could be grains. It could be sugar. I'm going to um, go ahead and tell you right now, a, a good, strong percentage of that is grains. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Sugars yeah. and grains so, are more inflammatory than nightshades. Yeah. And so people, and I mean, I guess it's, it's, you could look at it as good business. These people keep coming back to me for this relief, but I'm not really helping that person. Right. Uh, I'm not. And, and eventually they're going to be, it's going to get to the point where they're not going to be able to function in their life or they're not going to be able to do something they want to do because of this pain. And so I really try and push for that lifestyle change, knowing that I have to meet people where they are because that's, we, you know, we, we brought that up already. And I think that it's really important. And I learned this really early on, uh, in, when I was still in school and I saw my first few patients and, um, like I saw people come in and I wanted to help them, you know, lose weight or, or, you know, decrease pain or just get healthier in general. And some people didn't want to, and I kept pushing, I kept pushing. And I just, and I just kept ramming it down their throats. And I, and I realized that in my head, I thought they had a problem, yeah. but really I had the problem with them and their health. And it only became their problem when they decided to do something about it. I love the point you're making right now because I can relate. I, I, I've, I don't call myself a health coach, but I know a hell of a lot more than probably most doctors who have worked on me when it comes mm -hmm. to nutrition because mm -hmm. I'm such a geek about it because yeah. I've been doing this for years, but I don't like sell it as that on my website and stuff like that. But I have people who work with me and I, mm -hmm. I love helping them, but I'll tell you one of the biggest negatives of that process or opportunity to improve is what you just shared with us is that we can't help everybody. Mm -hmm. Back to your point, you have, you, you've, you've figured out now, like, oh, I need to have some type of evaluation process to see where they're at on their timeline. Their, mm -hmm. their, their eyes, their ears might not be open to this yet. So why should you as a professional take their money, one, and then, but then I think for you, it sounds like the more frustration is waste your time. Time exactly. is so much more valuable than money. Well, that's what I could be spending with someone who does want to change and I could be telling them what to do and they'll actually do it. Yep. You know, I can actually be helping someone and that person that's not going to right now, that's fine. Maybe one day they'll be ready and they'll come back. They'll know where to go. Well, it's like the guy um, or the, the person you mentioned uh, where they, they weren't using, they weren't going to go beyond what the health insurance company gave them. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I was that guy, like when they thought I was covered, like we figured out how many appointments I had. I'm like, okay, so what can I do to get me through to the end of the year? Cause back then I didn't know I wasn't mm -hmm. willing to start paying for extra. Well, that, you know, obviously that, that's just changed once I figured out that I don't have it in my insurance. But the point was, is like, I was also that way. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to pay more for what I don't need. But then yeah. I realized, wait a minute. No, I was like, this is, a, my goal was to make this a part of a maintenance, a proactive maintenance in my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about here today too, is part of this functional medicine, part of the value of chiropractic, part of massage therapy and all these elements is that this is meant to be proactive, not yeah reactive <laughs> you're, you're supposed to be a, a health participant not a patient oh i like that too health participant 
I just keep writing this stuff down on my dry erase board. <laughs> uh, so how long ago did you realize that you can't help everybody and you started working on that evaluation process? Um, probably, well, I mean, it was, it was definitely early on. So I, I, I lived in Ireland for two years. I practiced in Ireland for two years and it was probably there. I mean, that was my first job, uh, first chiropractic job out of school. And, um, and chiro- Irish people don't even know what chiropractors are. I mean, they're, like there's when I got to Ireland, their chiropractic was not recognized as a profession by the Department of Occupations. Oh, um, did you have to like create your own job description or what? what? Uh, no, I, I mean, I had to get a work visa, but there's like a self-regulatory body called the Chiropractic Association of Ireland. So if you're ever in Ireland, and you want to go to chiropractor, make sure they have the little Chiropractic Association of Ireland thing in their office, because otherwise you could just go there and set up. And when were uh, you in Ireland? Where was I? I was, um, I lived in Dublin, but I, the clinic was, uh, right on the County line of Dublin. Okay. I mean, I've been there, so that's why I've asked him. So yeah, uh, yeah. like I, I flew in on the West coast to shine and backpacked around through the North, through uh, Northern Ireland and then ended uh-huh. up in Dublin. Nice. And then, uh, picked up a little refresh on my, uh, I have a Celtic cross down my spine tattoo. And then yeah, I was, I was right down the street from Christchurch. I don't know if you went to Christchurch, but that big, I, I can't or, remember. I see, yeah. it, I'll tell you one thing, just for fun segue, is that that was the only thing that I booked like during my firefighting season. People are like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I, I know I'm going to Ireland after the firefighting season, so I booked my tattoo permit for the end of the trip. That way, mm-hmm. it wasn't like bothering me during all the backpacking I was doing, and I was crashing yeah. at hostels and everything else. And they're like, well, what else did you book? I'm like, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? You just got to show up? I'm like, yeah, that's the point yeah. of travel. I'm going yeah. to live spontaneously and just see where life takes me over the next two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I did going through Central America. I spent three and a half months going through Central America and like had no plan. It was just like, let's go to this town next time. And then, you know, well, you know, and I kind of tell, this is interesting. Let's connect it up. I kind of told that a couple of times as a couple of people about chiropractic and functional medicine. They're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, you don't always have to have a symptom or an issue to go. Mm-hmm. If anything, mm-hmm. and, and I know this is crazy what I'm about to say. But like, what if you just went and then discovered that there's something that you were missing? And then people Mm -hmm. like, well, that's probably them just trying to make money off of me. Like, well, in the traditional pharmaceutical medical world, maybe. Mm -hmm. But most chiropractors that I've met, like yourself, as you just explained on today's show, is that you don't want to waste your time and the valuable uh, air that comes out of your mouth speaking to people. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. dude, if you're good we could just do basic maintenance and you want to keep coming back. Cool. But like, if there's no mm-hmm. symptoms and no issues. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think people really need to understand that. It, I mean, diabetes is the perfect example. If you go to Western medical doctor and you are pre-diabetic, uh, they say, okay, we're going to watch and wait and I'm wait for what? Like this person is on the road to diabetes. Like let's prevent it now. But the way the system works is that doctor can treat it, but if they can't diagnose you with an ICD 10 approved diagnosis code, they're not going to get paid. And so they're not going to treat you. Nope. Uh, they're not going to do you a service. And um, they don't know what you know to mm-hmm. at least pass on like, okay, well, uh, consider these lifestyle shifts and improvements, mm-hmm. right? They, they may not even know them. They just don't know. They'll tell you to go, uh, which is the worst website ever, but they'll tell you to go to the, whatever, the National Di- Diabetes, uh, whatever the mm-hmm. thing is. And that yeah. site's completely... I'm not even going to get into it because <laughs> my, my dad, my dad became type two diabetic about 10 years ago. Yeah. And I told people like, well, oh, so he wasn't born with that. I'm like, no, he was not type one, uh, which is more common with the born title. Right. But also it's like type two is totally 
evolutionally triggered due to lifestyle choices. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Completely. Like we, we had no history of diabetes in our family. Yeah. Sorry. So, so interesting thing about diabetes. This is one of my favorite things um, that I've come across. And so um, one thing about evolution is that people don't realize that humans are still susceptible to evolution, that, sure. you know, we're still evolving now. And so one, one piece of evidence for that, I think is that, you know, when you go through medical school, you're learning about diabetes and metabolic syndrome and heart disease and things like that. It's always, we see higher incidence and prevalence in people of minority descent compared to people of European descent. So, mm -hmm. uh, Pacific Islanders, uh, African American, uh, Native American, these people are more susceptible to these diseases. They get them um, more readily and more severely. And so to me, the reason is, is that back in like, you know, middle ages, uh, in, in, um, Northern Western Europe, uh, we started eating this processed food diet sooner than these populations of people. And so back then we didn't have Western medicine and, and diabetes scientists and things like that. So people who suffered from those diseases from eating this diet probably were less likely to pass on their genes. They and died. so, yeah, because they died. Right. Exactly. And so that would mean that people of European descent, um, or, you know, Western Europe or Northern Europe descent, um, have a little less tendency to get that disease. We still do, you know, obviously. Oh, sure. Yeah. But no, you're but, absolutely right. Like people, yeah. people don't realize that we're actually right now being changed at the DNA level, not mm -hmm. enough to affect us, but when we procreate and recreate the next generation, Exactly. That's being passed on. This is why childhood obesity has increased, right? So we've mm -hmm. been we've been down this agricultural revolution uh, evolution route for so long that mm -hmm. now, after a couple of generations of passing on the bad stuff through the exactly. DNA, we're seeing even more increased risks and chances of childhood obesity. Kids, mm -hmm. kids are literally already being born obese. Exactly, and and so like every time, so like you you spoke about like us individually, like. I can, let's say I'm really good at withstanding toxic overload. My body, my genes are just good for that. Let's say, yeah. um, it still could be causing damage at the cellular level. Mm -hmm. And so when I procreate and pass on those damaged genes, so to speak, my offspring may not be the best or may not be as good at handling those toxins as I am. Right. And so if that happens generation after generation, next thing you know, you've got this person completely intolerant to this huge amount of toxins we're exposed to in today's world. Uh, and that's just kind of how it happens. It's very slow, but it happens. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, thanks to, I did a 23andMe analysis from the health data, but, mm -hmm. uh, and then I, uh, had Dr. Anthony J. He's a geneticist. He's been on the show a couple of times. I had him then do a, uh, I forget what episode number it was, but go back and just search for Anthony J. Ladies and gentlemen on livethefuel.com. Great episode. We did a Facebook live, but he's like, Oh, just get me the raw data. Cause he's a geneticist. He's like, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want 23andMe's analysis. Right, yeah. He's like, that's surface level BS. So he mm -hmm. did a supplemental and chemicals analysis based on my DNA. And he said he would have preferred to also add in my blood work. I just didn't have it at the time. So mm -hmm. we just went off of that. And he's like, oh, he's like, you have very strong markers that you could benefit from taking glutathione, which mm -hmm. is just super like jack, jack up the, the free radical fighting and, and all that oh, yeah. and, uh, and detoxification. Now, I already live a lifestyle of regular cleansing and detoxification since 2010, so nine years now since I found mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. I know I've already been doing a good job, but hey, if I've got some markers, it can't hurt to finally take supplements that are actually dialed in for exactly what I might be missing, as you pointed out. So maybe my prior yeah. generations might have had uh, uh, you know, a free radicals issue or, or a toxins issue. I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that this is a, this is a huge conversation. One that I bring up in my book is that, you know, if you did, which, which that, book, by the way, the health evolution, the health evolution. Yeah, yes. Okay. Uh, that's the bigger one. The, the, the heart book is the smaller ebook, but it's, um, so yeah, and ladies and gentlemen, you know, actually we've been, we've been chatting so much. I am going to call myself out on not screen sharing. Uh, <laughs> I usually, I, I just, you, I just knew you and I were going to geek out. So, uh, <laughs> I, I apologies. So for the screen sharing people on, on YouTube, you know, they're go to a site. <laughs> he gives away, uh, well not gives away, but you have the ebook right there in the toolbar and the, the heart book. And what do you mean by shorter? Yeah. Like, it's just like half the size. Uh, I don't remember exactly. I think it's like 40 pages. Okay. It basically outlines my ideas about why heart disease is nothing like what we've been told and the okay. causes of it are absolutely wrong yeah. um, compared to what we've been told. So uh, that's that one. But the health evolution, I think this is a super important point. Uh, I think that we're almost devolving uh, in today's society for two reasons. One, what we already talked about, how we can you know damage our DNA and then potentially pass that on to offspring over generations. Uh, and become less evolved to our current environment. But the second is that we're kind of bypassing natural selection altogether. Um, by humans have created this very easy environment for us to live in. So as an example, let's say you could have the absolute worst genes that interact with this current Western world that we live in, but be born into Western society like the United States. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, they could create a, you know, we'd have Western medicine that would keep you alive, not healthy, but keep you alive. Um, I'm a perfect I do like that quick little, you just let it slide right in there, by the way, but it's like, it'll keep you alive, but not healthy. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I'm modern, a perfect example of that. Modern My, medicine is nice. It's impressive. It's, know? it's good to have around. That's, that's, it's, <laughs> in an emergency. Um, I, I mean, I'm a perfect example of that. Like I, my, my genes had a bad reaction to that environment I was in when I was a child. I should not be here. But Western medicine kept me alive long enough for me to figure out how to actually thrive. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was a good thing. But if let's say someone with the absolute best genes that would thrive, like, you know, the person that drinks and smokes till they're 100 years old and have no health issues, <laughs> that person, let's say that person was born in like the poorest country in the world. And they, you know, were not able to um, procreate and pass on their genes. But this person that had the worst set of genes was born into affluent society and was allowed to. Right. And so we're, we're bypassing that, that, that natural process, that natural selection that would create um, healthier genes for this environment. And therefore, we're not adapting as well to this current modern world that we live in. And so that's one reason I think our disease epidemic is on the well, rise. It's, it's the whole, uh, it. it's the argument of hunter versus gatherer. Like it's no longer mm -hmm. hunter gatherer, right? Like it's like, mm -hmm. uh, now I mean, like people like Anthony, uh, Anthony J, like that doc, he'll go out, he kills his own venison. He goes and kills yeah. his own elk every year. He stocks his freezer. Like, even though he's a geneticist in a lab, like this guy mm -hmm. gets it, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's super cool. I love following him on Instagram. Um, yeah. But kind of like off of your brand, right? Like resource your health. Well, mm -hmm. the resources and the environment that these resources come from have changed. So it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. still in Africa, if you're weak, you're going to die. Or, yeah. you know, but unless one of our not-for-profits comes in and saves a day. Uh, but it's like th that there's only certain areas of this planet that that still happens. And I'm mm -hmm. not saying a lot of people like we, we could be just going down a really bad conversation route because <laughs> people are like, what are you saying? That it's okay to let people die. And I'm like, well... I don't know how yeah. to explain that because if it yeah. was back in the day, yeah, that's what happened, dude. If you were the weak, only the strong survive. Yeah. And, the, and so one of my uh, favorite 
authors is Rene Dubot, who is a microbiologist. Okay. Um, and he, um, he wrote a lot about this stuff and he, I'm, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it was something like, you know, our modern way of life has proven very successful at um, like keeping people alive or keeping people, you know, increasing the population. Um, but uh, it has done nothing to tell us um, or to help us get around the problems that have been created by keeping this many people alive. True. Uh, and there's, and I, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I have an answer to this, this problem because I don't. Um, so my, my suggestion to people is, um, create the healthiest you, you can, you can create so that we're passing on the best genes that we can. Uh, I think that's, that that's right. Yeah. For mankind so that we can, hopefully people are functioning at a more optimal level. We can come together and solve these problems yeah. uh, rather than just arguing and not getting anywhere. Well, but there's but people also that because will... you're gonna, yeah, keep going. Also because you're going to just create healthier generations down the line, uh, more able to resist the inevitable changes that are going to happen. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, it's like, it is quite impressive what we've accomplished. Science is amazing. And yes, people are living longer than they used to, but also people are dying faster and from different things than we used to. So there, and, there and they're struggling with their life for longer. During their life. Yeah. It's like, okay, great. We can, you know, thanks to modern medicine. And if you're willing to pay the premiums, we're going to limp you along the rest of your life, but because <laughs> yeah. you're not taking accountability for your health and you're not going to do some self-learning and try and dig in and try and understand why all this is happening. You're literally going to literally limp along throughout the rest of your life on exactly. all kinds of drugs and medicines and never knowing why. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That's and I think that, yeah, I think that it's totally possible for people uh, to age really, really healthy. But I also understand that as far as evolution was concerned, it was, it was really only concerned with, you know, you passing on your genes to the next generation after you were, after you were done doing that. Um, I don't know that evolution was too concerned about what happened to that person because the next generation was going on. Um, but I, I think all that means is that I think that explains why as we age our, our physiology breaks down or, or is more likely to mm-hmm. doesn't mean that we can't age well, especially in the easy environment that humans have created for themselves. Um, but I think it helps explain why we, as we age, we, we start to see breaks downs because well, evolution is concerned with what happened with us after we procreated. This is also why it just reinforces why I do a lot of crazy crap that I do. Like, uh, exactly. it's like, this is why I, you know, I do the occasional Spartan race or this is why I'm a CrossFitter. This is why I, I took a risk, left the corporate world years ago and became a firefighter. Cause I wanted to keep putting myself in uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. to stimulate my brain and my body to improve itself. You know, it's like right now I'm, I'm, I'm started training for my first ever hundred mile mountain bike race. Like I used to, I've done the longest ones I've done a 65 when I lived in Colorado, but thanks mm-hmm. to the lung collapse in January, I saw that as a temporary piece of weakness. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> Oh, it's time to level everything back up again. I gotta, I gotta challenge myself. So I went and found a yeah. 101 mile. It's called the wilderness 101. It's been going on for 19 years in central PA. So I'm going to go do that endurance race. I'll be my first nice. ultra marathon distance on a mountain bike. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to get myself into, but it's like, Hey, game on, man. Like it's, hey. it's, it's probably going to hurt. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's challenging yourself. It's helping you like, reach that next level. Even if you don't get there, yeah. you know, you, you tried and you're still challenging. You're pushing your body. So, yeah. But this is yeah. also why I live the health nut lifestyle. Like I, why mm-hmm. I keep, I, I, you know, we keep researching, we keep studying. I listen to podcasts. I listen to audiobooks. I bring on amazing influencers like you that are also 
as much of a geek, if not more, uh, <laughs> about this stuff. Like, I love the fact that you are uh, so dialed into the evolution component uh, because I never really had anybody on. We've a little bit of evolution here and there, but you could tell, man, like this is your this is your this is your jam. Well, it's what gave me the answers for my personal life. So I, I really dove in and I really, and now since I have this background in it, I learned new information in the context of that. Yeah. And so it's really helpful. And I don't think that, um, like I love functional medicine and I don't think that functional medicine practitioners that realize that what they're doing is they're just putting people into a, a, an environment that's more along the lines with their evolved physiology within the confines of modern society. Uh, and most of them just think that, Oh, there's better ways to, to treat disease, but really, you know, our, our default state is not disease and they're just helping people find, remove the things that are, are causing disease so the body can just restore its own health. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating <laughs> Yeah, to say the least. Um, well, I mean, listen, man, we're, we're at the top of the hour. Uh, I oh, knew we were going to just, really? I knew I knew time was going to fly by. This is awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> so obviously you got the two books, uh, yeah. and the, the bigger book. It obviously is the the newest, I guess, epic release, right? How long has it been out now? Uh, three months, four months. Three months, four months. Okay, awesome. Now, yeah. will you be end up releasing an audiobook version? Uh, yes, I've actually submitted that, and it's getting processed right now. See, now I'm very excited because that's how I crush books because I travel. I, so I much. hope I get approved because I did it. I read it myself. I, I hope that it was good enough <laughs> for uh, Audible. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm gonna do my own. I don't want somebody else. I don't like professional voiceover artist when it comes to an audiobook. Yeah. I mean, unless the author just literally sounds like a dying robot, then right. I don't I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to I don't want to fall asleep <laughs> while listening to a book. So I do get why professional voiceovers is this but when it comes to an author, the beauty of somebody reading their own book is that you're going to just let certain things flow naturally and probably mm -hmm. add a few extra tidbits in that don't exist in the physical book. And mm -hmm. then you could that's a justification to sell that to other people too. It's like, "Listen, FYI, on the audiobook, I add in a little extra love here because I can. There's more mm -hmm. flexibility in audio versus print. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. so kudos to you, man. Uh, and yeah. I just downloaded a little ebook that told me how to do it, and I did it. There you go. See, self-taught person here, taking yeah. accountability for his future and getting his knowledge out there. Wow, <laughs> you're groundbreaking. <laughs> because so many people don't do that. Oh no. All right. So, obviously, uh, the health evolution why understanding evolution is the key to vibrant health. And then for the people who, who go to the website, uh, resource your health, and we got the heart, our most medically misunderstood organ. You said that is a shorter, faster read. And that's, yeah. that's more of an ebook format, right? Yeah. And then both of these, um, I'm working on courses that I'm going to put on the website that it's just, you know, me, you know, giving PowerPoint presentations and explaining, um, both of them, one about the heart and one about, uh, evolution as well. So, Nice. Uh, I'm and you're going to have those also stuff. connected here on the website. Yeah. Okay. Eventually when I self teach myself how to do it. Well, and real quick, just cause I'm literally dealing with a client right now, trying to help her figure out the new, her new brand and a domain name. And it's like, dude, how did you lock down resource your health? Literally like nobody had that. No. I, I mean, I did that a few years ago, Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was you just laid the groundwork. All right. Yeah. Find new sources of your health resources. There you go. Okay, so when you launch more courses, will that be a new option in the toolbar or is that going to be under services? Uh, I'm thinking it's going to be a new option in the toolbar. Let's say courses. Smart. Smart yeah. move. And, and I like that because some people might want to break 
some people get overloaded by knowledge. So people might mm -hmm. want to break it down into almost like chapters, right? Hey, I want to do mm -hmm. one, a couple of courses, do it once at a time, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I try to keep them short, you know, like 20 minute segments, things like that. Yeah. Uh, each chapter. So smart. Uh, well, well, listen, uh, all the guest co-hosts get to help bring the show to a close. So obviously we really hammered on evolution. We really hammered on the importance of understanding why there is chronic disease. Uh, mm -hmm. but is there an all encompassing message right now behind you and your brand that you're trying to get out to the world? Uh, obviously you got two books, you got the website, you're, 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 you're a actual practicing, you know, chiropractor and functional medicine doctor. So, uh, I don't know, is there an all encompassing message right now you want to leave behind as the final words? Yeah, I think that you, you kind of touched on it earlier. Um, I don't remember what you said, but it, it's along the lines of, you know, someone doesn't have to be uh, formally trained in something, uh, mm. to apply it to their life. I mean, oh, you yeah, look I, at, I don't have the letters behind my name. <laughs> exactly. That's what you said. Yeah. And so I think that that's a lot of people think that like, you know, I'm not an evolutionary biologist. You're not traditionally trained in nutrition, but our life experience has given us the knowledge, uh, to apply that to our lives and help people, uh, in different ways, apply that to theirs. And so I would encourage people to, uh, not be so narrow-minded when it comes to accepting advice from people. Just listen to their story, listen to how they got there, uh, and 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 take from them what you will. Uh, learn, try and learn something from them, even if you don't end up doing what they recommend or whatever. Um, take what you can from their story and what they learned, and see if you can apply it to your life. I like that. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, hang tight, Stephen. I'll give you probably a goodbye off the air. So again, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, I did a couple screen shares here one more time for the, uh, the ladies and gentlemen that will watch this on YouTube. But again, it's resource your health. Uh, check out the books. Uh, what's the possible countdown on your audiobook? Cause I'm going to air this, uh, before the end of April here. So are, are they, are they hoping to get audio approval in the next month or two or what's up? Yeah. Hopefully the next month or two. I mean, I submitted it about a week ago and they said 10 to 14 days. So All right. hopefully soon. Okay. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's Stephen Hussey, man. All right, he's rocking on resourceyourhealth.com. Thanks for tuning into another, definitely a focus today on healthy lifestyle. Uh, please become your own inner physician, as I like to say. And uh, definitely check him out, man. I, I love the evolution component. And I think it's so valuable for us to understand where we come from to help us understand where we're going to go. So uh, as, a, as a fellow history geek, uh, understand your past so you can understand your future. So thanks for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. And again, we're here to fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle. Get me those reviews on iTunes so I can uh, rock your name online. And uh, remember, you too can live the fuel. Talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.